0: Chili, was it good? I missed. I missed. I was very sad not to be there last night. Great event. I uh, I'm thankful that, uh, you know, the Lord has uh, been in just uh, kind of reinvigorating the men of our church, um, and over the last couple of years now, and uh, just thanks to. Uh, Guys like Matt Gusky and Larry Schaller and Mike Hurley who, who have uh, really taken that on themselves, uh, you know, kind of like really push into that and and begin to try to have more some more events going on, and it's just uh, it's great to see just the number of men that come together, and and we need men. Our culture is uh, is really attacking men, and uh, and so we need men to step up and to be able to stand up and to be able to understand what it means to be a godly man and and uh, so anyway so thank you to those leading thank you men for choosing to uh, engage and come to those events and and wanting and longing for that fellowship and i just uh, pray the lord continues to bless our church in that way um we are continuing uh, this morning uh, a series on spiritual senses. Uh, this is uh, the third official message in it, and and uh, I uh, decided last week uh, it was talking about the spiritual sense of hearing and being able to hear God's voice. And part of that message, I was hoping to kind of dive into just briefly touch on prophecy, but wasn't able to do that last week. And, uh, and so just really felt uh, when I sat down this week for the message that I just felt like the Lord said, you know, we need to expand this into a whole message on prophesying and, uh, and just kind of address some of the, the realities of this somewhat controversial aspect of hearing God's voice. Um, it's uh It's one of those. Uh, uh, actually, there's tons of scripture throughout the Old and New Testament that talk about prophecy and prophesying and and all of that. And uh, it's also uh, something that in our world today has, I, I think, in large part, uh, there's 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 tension in it, like so many things, uh, especially I think just even just spiritual senses, right? And our our. Uh, uh, our ability to pay attention, attention to the spiritual realities that are going on around us—that uh, is a controversial thing—and and and, uh, and we too often, I think, equate, equate spiritual sensing with emotions. And as I tried to uh, outline a little bit, the first uh, message that those two don't have to go together, that uh, it doesn't have to be an emotional experience to sense what the spirit is doing, right? Sometimes and oftentimes it is, but, uh, but it doesn't have to be, uh, uh, emotions don't have to be a tied to that, right? And, and so there's this reality that we just have to embrace that uh, we live in a world that has at least the dimensions of physical, tangible dimensions and spiritual dimensions. The and if there is a spiritual reality, then the whole point kind of of this sermon series is that we can, uh, we have the ability to sense and understand and know what's going on in spiritual, the spiritual realities around us. Uh, the, the idea is that we uh, are born as John chapter three says, we're born again. And as we're born again, we're born into the spirit and born into the spirit means that we are born like physically, we have sp- uh, physical senses, uh, Uh, that allow us to uh, encounter and understand and interpret our physical world so when we're born again into the Spirit, we are given spiritual senses that mirror those physical senses in order to be able to sense and understand and respond to the spiritual world around us. So last week, we talked about the spiritual sense of hearing, the fact that God speaks. And uh, even that is, can be controversial, at least to, to what extent he speaks. I uh, addressed a lot of those concerns last week. If you weren't here last week and want to hear that message, I encourage you to uh, check out our website, uh, either tacreading.info. You can uh, get it from there, or we do have a YouTube channel, which is also TAC Reading on YouTube, and, and you can watch that message from last week. This morning, however, again, I want to dive into to a specific uh, topic in regards to prophesying or being able to, which is part of hearing God's voice. And so this morning, uh, again, this is a controversial in the sense that uh, some people debate whether uh, we're one we're able to hear God's word or God's voice. But if we accept that reality, then what do we do with that? Uh, and uh, you know, what is prophecy, and and you know, what is the proper use of that gift or uh, that uh, those those uh, manifestations of the Spirit? And so that's what we want to get into today. First of all, I want to just want to start with a uh, maybe a definition Definition, or in, and I don't know this is a great definition, or, or whatever, but just to kind of a basic definition of what is prophecy. In my opinion, prophecy is simply the proclaiming of uh, proclaiming truth of God's word into or over a certain situation, place, or person. Again, proclaiming truth of God's word into or over a certain situation place, or person. Uh, We see most Old Testament prophets... Uh, that we see examples of, that is what they're doing. They're proclaiming God's revealed word, uh, mainly as the Mosaic law and, and the, the stipulations around that. Most of the prophets are referring back to that, and they're proclaiming God's word for their particular situation or the particular people that they're interacting with. So, uh, proclaiming the promises of God's word that was revealed in the law, or proclaiming maybe the curses of God's God's word because of rebellion and because uh, God's people are not following the law. And so, uh, but, but again, it's about this idea that we're proclaiming the truth of God into a certain situation. And I'll give you some more of this in a moment, uh, kind of fleshing this out a little bit further. There are as well in the Old Testament, some in, in even New Testament, apocalyptic prophets which are more predictive of future events than other prophecies. So uh, where a prophecy that is taking Old Testament truths and proclaiming it over a certain situation, uh, that may not be predictive in the sense of predicting some new event that's gonna happen in the future. There are apocalyptic prophets or prophecies that actually do more of that predictive nature of, okay, there's something new that's gonna happen. Uh, But in general, that is, uh, that, that's not all of the prophets most of the prophets in the old testament are simply repeating the old testament law as revealed uh, by moses to moses uh, back at the beginning of the people of god as they came out of egypt There's also a thing called false prophecy, which, again, this is a simple definition, uh, but basically proclaiming untruths over a certain situation, person, or place, right? So untruths, so a a false prophet is one who is proclaiming things that are not true, uh, and this can take uh, several different forms. One, it can take the form of speaking presumptuously, so where a prophet basically attaches God's name to a a prophecy that actually God has not spoken to them. So that would be considered false prophecy because it's not truth, because God has not delivered that uh, message, but they are saying that God has delivered this message. Uh, Another uh, form of false prophecy would be unfulfilled predictions. So uh, those who do predict future events, especially apocalyptic type uh, future events, if those predictions don't come true, then again, that would be considered a false prophecy because God, if he is given that that prophecy and that prediction of future events, it's going to happen. It's going to be perfect. He has perfect knowledge, not of just current events and past events, but God has perfect knowledge of future events as well. Uh, Another form of false prophecy would be words that are contrary to to God's revealed word or the character of God as we know him as he's proclaimed, uh, as it's been proclaimed in his word. And so contrary uh, 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 words about, uh, uh, contrary to God's already revealed word, that would be a false prophecy as well. And then the final false prophecy, and this is probably the one that is most uh, spoke about in scripture, is uh, if a prophet is calling people to reject God or reject Jesus, And worship other gods, little g gods, right? And so that would be a false prophet as well. Matter of fact, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter chapter 13, uh, Moses is, you know, kind of laying this out and God's speaking to the Israelite people. And he says, even if a prophet comes in and predicts something and that comes true, If that person, that prophet, even though they predicted something that has come to pass, if they tell you to worship some other God, then that's a false prophet. Don't listen to them. So uh, so it's even possible that false prophets can predict things that are going to happen, and they happen, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they're a true prophet, because if they begin to call you away from the true character of God or start contradicting the revealed word of God, then they would be false prophets still as well. All right, so those are some kind of just basic maybe definitions or perspectives. I I think the primary purpose of uh, prophecy for today is, uh, well, there's, you know, I got four different things uh, that I see as the primary purpose for prophecy in our world today, in the New Testament, in in our church even today. The first one I would say is uh, prophecy is to help us to discern the times and what God is doing in them. So I think prophecy is a way for us, for God to reveal to us what is going on in our world and, and again, a spiritual reality. What are the spiritual realities of what's going on in our world? So what's going on behind the scenes of what our physical eyes see? So he, he can reveal what is going on in our times, but more importantly, what is God doing in it? Uh, I, I, refer, I would refer back to, uh, you know, in COVID years, so in 2020 and 2021, I know that the Lord over and over and over again, with all of the chaos that was going on, with all the division visions that were coming up in our country, especially in, a, in, in churches and all of the things that were going on through that first, for that year, year and a half, two years, uh, I know that the Lord over and over again was telling me, I am doing great things. Will you see me? Will you get your eyes on me? Stop looking at the things of the world and see my face, focus on Jesus. And so in in essence, that was, I think, a a, a bit of a prophecy. He was helping me and helping us as a church to discern that he is doing great things despite of what we see around us and that there are amazing things that if we just get our eyes in the right spot, we will see what he's doing and that will unite us together. We, We didn't have to be divided, that he was doing amazing things. And so anyway, so uh, uh, one of the primary purposes for prophecy today is discerning of the times and what God is doing in our times. Another one would be applying the truth of God's revealed word in our times. So this is a little bit different. In other words, now we, we understand what's going on in our world right now, and then we go to scripture, and as we're in scripture, God reveals how scripture applies to the particular situation that we're in. In, right? And so these can be words maybe of encouragement. They can be words of conviction. They can be words where he's, you know, just kind of helping us to have strategies for what to expect next. Or or sometimes he gives us just the encouragement that, you know, hey, I am working. Look for this to happen and continue to walk in faith. Right? And continue to follow me in this. Or or sometimes even a passage of scripture, uh, I know again, in, back in 2020, uh, the Lord gave me a particular verse and I felt like he spoke that over to me before the whole pandemic happened. So like in January of 2020 the Lord gives me this verse Joshua 1:6 and uh, and and at the time I was like oh, that's great but thank you but it wasn't until we got into COVID that I fully understood what he was trying to say through that that he gave me this verse just to encourage me in my leadership and that I needed to to follow him and to lead boldly in this time where it's really hard to make decisions and know how to lead and, and And so anyway, so I think that's another form of prophecy for today is applying the truth of God's revealed word in our times. Another, I think, purpose is the edification of the church through both conviction and maybe encouragement as well, and both, both conviction and encouragement. So the edification of the church, again, all of God's gifts are always for the edification of the church. We have to keep this in mind. Now, one Corinthians twelve seven, right? It, it gives us this reality. Right, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. If God is giving you a word of prophecy, may it be personal for your own personal uh, use or whether it be for someone else or for the church as a whole, understand the purpose is for the common good, for edification of the believers. As we read in 1 Corinthians 14 as well, these verses about how we need to, uh, how prophecy is, is a good thing. Pursue love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And then skipping down a little bit, Uh, On uh, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. And so the idea, again, if God is going to give us these truths, if he's going to speak these prophecies to our hearts, then it's for the good of the congregation. It's good of God's people, the good of his kingdom. Finally, and this would be, I I think this is... uh, uh, a purpose that I think is often overlooked and I've not seen it very often mentioned when we're talking about prophecy. But I also think that the purpose of prophecy today is for the inspiration of intercessory prayer. What I mean by that is I think God will sometimes give us perspectives of what's going on in our world so that we know how to pray. It's not always just so that we can share with others what's going on. Sometimes that's exclusively what it's about. It's like he's, he's, he's calling us to prayer. And so he's revealing uh, what, what he's doing in a certain time so that we can join him in that by praying for that family, for that church, for that situation, for that nation, for that country, for that whatever it may be. And so uh, I think uh, uh, prophecy would be, uh, and now some would say, well, that, why is it prophecy unless you speak it out? I, I think it's prophecy in the sense that God is revealing these things to us. And, and, and it gets spoken out in prayer. And, and sometimes that might be in a small group of prayer. Maybe it's just our own personal time of prayer. Um, but I think oftentimes uh, we hear actually, uh, I know uh, my experience with someone prophesying over me often happens in prayer right? And so there's a time of prayer. People are laying hands on me. Hey, we're going to pray for the pastor or whatever. And, and, and then be people, I think the Holy Spirit begins to give people things to pray for me, pray over me in that moment. And so even that can be an encouragement to me. I know it has been for me many times, just, just knowing like, even if I don't give a prayer request to hear that prayer prayed, right? That the Holy Spirit is speaking to that individual who's praying for me, right? And revealing to them what I need prayer for, right? Or sometimes it's like, oh, wow, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about that. And oh, yes, I do need that prayer, right? And so anyway, so I I think uh, inspiration of intercessory prayer is certainly part of prophecy as well. All right. Uh, I want to also mention kind of by way of definition, uh, you know, kind of the, the gift versus the position, right? And so there's this, uh, it seems to be in, in scripture, this, the idea that there is a prophet and then there's, you know, prophecy, the gift of prophecy as expressed in first Corinthians 14. And then Ephesians chapter four talks about this kind of almost like this position, uh, you know, giving you the prophets, you know, this kind of idea, right? And, and so, uh, and again, I don't think we need to get super complicated here or, or make it super, uh, uh, you know, you you know, I don't know. Complicated. We can we can keep it simple. Uh, first of all, I'd say uh, all of us have the ability to receive the gift of prophecy. Every one of us. And, and a matter of fact, I think that's true of all of the spiritual gifts. Uh, I, you know, maybe someday I'll do a, a series or at least a message on spiritual gifting. But I, I think for too many of us, we've fallen into this belief that I have a certain spiritual gift. I need to figure out what that spiritual gift is, and that is the only way that I'm supposed to minister. Right? I think that's a wrong perspective of spiritual gifting. Spiritual gifting is again, uh, you know, First Corinthians twelve seven. It's the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So. Uh, Uh, That means that any of the spiritual gifts I could receive at any moment if I need it. Uh, And so the idea is that I don't have one particular gift that's mine. Now, that doesn't mean that I think we have tendencies, like I think our personalities and our natural giftings sometimes lend to certain spiritual gifts more than others, but I can have any spiritual gift that I need in the moment. It's up to the Holy Spirit to give me that, right? And so I don't look around the church and go, okay, what fits my spiritual gift? I look around the church and say, God, where do you want me to serve? And as he calls me to serve, whether or not I feel that's my strength or not, I step in with confidence, knowing that he is going to empower me with whatever spiritual gift I need in order to do that ministry. And so all of us have the ability to receive the gift of prophecy, to hear God's voice spoken into a certain situation. And matter of fact, I think all of us should be open to, to receiving that gift at any point, at any time. Uh, Whether that's in our own time of prayer, whether that be just in our own lives as we walk with Jesus, or as we minister and serve. As we show up on Sunday mornings, uh, I think we should be uh, open to the Holy Spirit giving us words of encouragement uh, for those who we're interacting with. Uh, that we would uh, be asking and open to the Holy Spirit, revealing uh, truths about the individual we're interacting with in order to encourage them, in order to speak into their life, right? To affirm them to, uh, and, and to be open to that, that, that God could potentially use that. Um, and, then, uh, and so that would be the gift. Uh, and then the, the position, I think there are few who are quote-unquote prophets, So not everyone is a prophet, even if you are given a word by God to speak over someone. That doesn't make you a prophet. That just means you've received the gift of prophecy for that moment, for that time, in order to bless this individual and for the edification of the church. But then few of us are prophets. And those uh, and I would define a prophet as those who are called to lead the church in the prophetic role. And so uh, they would be the ones who are uh, maybe in a leadership role in the church and that, uh, that God would maybe speak Speak more specifically to them over the whole church on a more often basis, a more regular basis and, and, and all of that. So, so anyway, so those, that's how I kind of look at that and define that a little bit differently just because I think that's uh, somewhat of a debate as well. Next, I want to uh, kind of get into prophecy and scripture because this is where a lot of debate comes out. Uh, basically, the idea is, you know, well, w- w- you know, what, what trumps what? You know, I mean, if prophecy is God's word, then I mean, wh- what do we do with that? Does that mean, you know, that's God's word and we should be writing these things down and, and we should be studying these words that have been given In short, no. So, uh, first of all, the Bible, God's already revealed word, uh, is it trumps all personal words that have been revealed or spoken to us individually. In other words, if it contradicts God's word, whatever word we receive, if it contradicts God's word, then that is not from God. He is not going to contradict what he's already revealed to us. Again, this is why it's important to know God's word. We, uh, if we're going to be, hearing God speak to us, especially if we're going to be in a position where we feel like we're going to be sharing that with someone else, boy, we better know God's word to make sure that what we're hearing is in alignment with what he's already revealed about who he is and what is true and what is not true in our world. And so, uh, yeah, the Bible trumps these personal words that we get, but I would also caution us that we need to be careful not to glorify our own theological extrapolations. In other words, some would say God doesn't speak because they've made extrapolations from God's word that says that God no longer speaks to us. He spoke to us in scripture, and now he doesn't speak anymore. This is the only way that he has spoken to us. Now, that's an extrapolation. It doesn't speak that clearly in scripture. There's maybe some verses that allude to that that they use, but if a full understanding of scripture, we realize, oh, wait a second. That's an extrapolation that isn't actually true to God's word and true to God's who God is. He's a God who speaks and continuing to speak today. And so we have to be careful that, that, uh, that we're, you know, in in essence, a, a revealed word today, it can contradict our extrapolations, but it can't contradict the true word of God. Right? If it contradicts the true word of God, we throw it out. If it, it, if it contradicts our extrapolations, then we wrestle with that. <laughs> what are you saying, God? Wow, wait, this is not the way I thought you worked. This is not how I understood uh, what you had revealed. Help me to understand. Help me to you know, open my mind to what is true in this situation. I will also say that the canon is closed So, we're not adding, continuing to add to Scripture, okay? There is no new Scripture written. It is, uh, you know, maybe an oversimplification, but God speaking in Scripture is universal. God speaking to our hearts is personal, so it's more just for us or uh, just for a certain situation. We're not looking at uh, the universal realities of that truth or, or making it into a universal truth, okay? So uh, we uh, be careful with that. Another side of Scripture kind of just want to mention as well is that, you know, Scripture is God's Word, but God's Word is not always Scripture, scripture is god's word but god's word is not always scripture uh you know john chapter 21 at the end it says you know if if all of the things that jesus did were written we wouldn't have enough book you know libraries to hold all the books right so this idea that there is more things that jesus said but they're not in written down right And so that's what I mean by that. Like, you know, that scripture is God's word. This is God's word, but not all of God's word is scripture. It's not all been written down, right? And so so we have to recognize that in, in the sense that when we hear his word today, that's not a word that we're writing down, but it still is and can be God's word. Scripture is authoritative and true, and we need to obey it. But if God speaks, no matter how he speaks, we need to listen. Okay. I hope some of that makes sense. Uh, there's just kind of some you know, big picture perspectives on prophecy. But now I want to get into you know, words of caution is what I call it. Uh, because our practice of prophecy is oftentimes where the tension really comes. Uh, it, it's how we use prophecy that creates the tension in our understanding and people embracing prophecy as a gift or hearing God's word spoken to us through other people. And, and so, I, I want to just kind of point out some things that I've seen. Uh, I almost, you know, use the word abuse uh, for this for this particular type uh, for this particular um, part of a um, message because it's just, you know, I think some people are are, are using, this in a, using prophecy in a really bad way. And so I want to kind of address some of those, those things. Uh, and, uh, and so this will take a little bit of time to walk through this. First of all, first a word of caution. Uh, harsh and critical and condemning prophecies, I think we need to be really, really careful with. God never condemns his church or his people. And I have heard some, I have read some prophecies, especially online, stuff that some people have said, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, what is, this is not prophecy. This is not from God, because it is so harsh, and critical, and condemning of the church, in America, or the uh, the individual, And, and I just, you know, God, that is not God, all right? The character of God is, you know, Romans 8, one. therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so that means his church is not being condemned. No matter how corrupted or messed up we are, we are still not condemned. Somehow, some way, by his amazing grace, he still loves us and accepts us into his kingdom. And so, uh, just uh, those who prophesy, if you are hearing words of condemnation and are super harsh and critical, I would encourage you to take a moment and pray a little bit more about that. God's prophecies should be spoken with grace and love and truth. That doesn't mean that sometimes his word may be hard to hear doesn't mean that his word may be convicting at times, but it should be spoken with grace, love, and truth. The next caution, uh, I've, I've kind of titled it, you know, this untamed tongue. I think there are too many people who practice uh, the, the gift of prophecy and they never evaluate what they're saying. They, they never have a moment to step back and reflect on what they just spoke over an individual or a situation. It, it's as if they can just say whatever they want because they're prophesying, and then they just say, Well, that's not, uh, that's up to you. You got to deal with God, you know, whatever. No, 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 no. If you are feeling the Lord is leading you to speak words over an individual, over a situation, then you need to evaluate what you are speaking. And here's the reality. If you have ever made a prediction that did not come true, then stop prophesying. At the very least, show some humility in your failure. We, we need to fail sometimes. That's how we learn. But I unfortunately have seen some who are prophesying, who prophesy things... Uh, We're going to get into more of this. Like the holiness of God, like do you realize the responsibility? And I think this is what happens with, you know, prophecy has become such, a, you know, a big thing in our world today. That, and there's so many people that do it. That It's like it's, like it's been just boiled, it's just been dumbed down. Like, and, and there's no recognition that you are speaking the words of God. understand as a pastor and as one who God has called to come up and preach on a weekly basis to a group of people that it's my word my job to come and try to understand his word and then communicate that to you understand that I do that every week with fear and trembling because I know the reality that not every word that I have spoken Lines up exactly with God's word. So the untamed tongue, as if if you are prophesying, don't just prophesy and walk away. Think, engage your brain, like evaluate what you're saying. Are the what wh- are the things that you're predicting are they coming true? Anytime you attach God's name to what you're about to say, you better hope that that's a true word. Which then kind of leads to the next kind of point and area of caution and that's using scripture. Again, this is this is popular and 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 it's not a bad actually it's a good thing many who prophesy will use scripture when they're prophesying a a verse will come to their mind while they're praying over someone or whatever and they'll speak that verse And, and that's that's a good thing this is a great thing however we need to be very careful that we are speaking God's word accurately Not just that we've memorized the verse correctly or that we're reading it correctly, but that we're using it correctly. I don't know how many times we've heard, and this is is a common we've all heard, I'm sure, God won't give you more than you can handle. That is not in Scripture. Okay? But that is, I don't know how many times you hear that, like over, and things like that where people will grab these, these perspectives that they've grown up with and they will prophesy that over someone as if it's God's word, but it's not because it's not accurate and true what his word teaches. So, and, and I'll just add to this and, and be, be careful with this as well, but understand, we need to understand that Proverbs is not filled with promises, There's a reason that Proverbs is next to Job and Ecclesiastes. Proverbs tells you, oh, yeah, it's just black and white. If you do this, these great things will happen. If you do this, these horrible things will happen. It's just kind of back and forth. This is the way it works. This this is how the world is. And then Job. And then Ecclesiastes. I did all these great things, and I still struggled, and, and good people still suffer, and it's still part of this reality of our world, and so what do I do with that? I worship God in, nonetheless. Right? So, so we, uh, and, and again, prophets or pro, those who are prophesying often will go to Proverbs and they'll grab these verses and they'll sling them around as if they're promises. And now, I'm not saying they may not be a promise to an individual in the time. But to automatically just think, oh, well, this is scripture, so that means it's a promise. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Understand what Proverbs is. Add to that Promises that were spoken to Israelites in the Old Testament may not be promises for you. So we have to be careful using Scripture. It's good that we use Scripture. For hearing a word and God brings a Scripture to mind, I think that's great. Like, let's, let's use that. But we need to be careful. Again, we need to know Scripture. We need to know what it means. We need to know what it meant to the original readers. We need to understand the occasion for writing. We need to, we need to understand Scripture and, and, and dive in and, and so that we can make sure we're using it in ways that are appropriate and right. Another caution is, uh, you know, and this is, I think, just for our, our world today, especially over the last 20 years now, uh, but, you know, the YouTube heroes, I think prophecy has, has actually become a fame game. It's, anybody can go on and record you know, whatever prophecy and then post it and then get you know, a bunch of likes or get a lot of people to watch it or whatever, right? And, and, uh, and I think, man, boy, we need to be really careful uh, because we need, to, we need to be aware of the fact that the motives of our heart are oftentimes not right, <laughs> right? That our heart is wicked and deceived, right? Right? And so if, you know, prophecy can, can be a way for us to get fame, not just online, but in a community that, you know, people, you know, I'm sure you can think of people in our church already that you feel like, wow, they've, they've really prophesied some sweet things over me, some great things. Over me. Boy, they really hear from the Lord. That's great. But understand, like, that, there's a fame in that, Right? If you're known for someone who's able to hear and discern and know what God's word is and speak that over someone, right, that, that, can, be, that can be something that can build, you know, your reputation. And we need to be careful with that, to beware that, that we can be lured by the approval of men and women. And that can taint our prophecy, or what we're sharing. Along these lines, I think we need to be beware of the temptation to discover something new. You know, a lot of times we want to find that new kind of perspective on what's going on in the world, right? And and so we're trying to find that, you know, brand new, no one ever said this before. And so we're going to, you know, we got to be really careful with that. We need to be aware of the tendency to glorify our own perspective, we have a tendency to think, well, I've thought this, and, and so it must be really good and really true, or I thought this, and it's really impacted me and others, so, oh, man, this must be really good and true. Whoa, 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 you need to just be careful, right? Beware. Again, our hearts, they can be deceived. Motives aren't always going to be right. I think, you know, God, it's not that God can't use us when our motives are wrong to speak a word over someone. And encourage them with it but that word may not have the benefit in our own hearts if we've been deceived right if our motives for sharing that is in order to get that person to like me or for them to think oh wow they really got that one right Right? Sometimes I, I, I and, and I've experienced this myself because I feel like the Lord has given me words to share over other people. That there's sometimes when I'm like, oh, I really want to have that word so I can speak that one thing that really connects so that, boy, they feel amazing. And it's, oh, it's, it's, it's all me. I did it. Right? And we just gotta, we, we gotta be really careful. It's not about God anymore. It's not about edifying the church. Now it's about My fame. I got a few more here I want to kind of run into and mention as well that are kind of on the other side. So I've talked about those who are speaking the prophecies. Now, how about those who are receiving the prophecies? The first one is uh, I've kind of titled, you know, the siloed. There's some of us that really like to hear prophecies, and maybe we're on YouTube and listening to the different prophets that we've known out there that we like, but here's, here's the concern is that we're listening to only the ones that match my perspective. We do this politically as well, right? We're just going to listen to the side that we really like and the other side we're going to ignore. We also can have a tendency to ignore the ones of conviction of sin and focus on the promise of blessing, or especially when it comes to like the American church, let's focus on the conviction of sin for the American church because the American church is so horrible and let's ignore the blessings that God has for the church. I also say this too, I, I, I've come to this, I think, realization, uh, you know, uh, a year or so ago about, you know, our news, like watching the news. And, and it kind of applies to prophecy as well. So like watching the news, I, I realized like this, this reality, uh, uh, like say a year ago, but that, you know, we, most of the news that we consume nowadays is national and global news. Uh, you know, because you have all these global networks, you know, national networks or whatever, right? And so a lot of us, that's, that's the news that we take in, or even the papers that we read are national and, and, and you know, news and that kind of, and that's most of oftentimes what we read. But, the, but there's a problem with that. Every time we're watching something that's national or global, it, it actually is desensitizing us. Because the, the problems that we see in the nation and the world, we individually can't do anything about. You know, we we, we have no ability to to, to really make a difference, right? And, And so we end up getting numb to the realities of a world and that makes us either just super cynical or like we just check out and apathetic. We don't care, right? Well, I think we can do the same thing with prophecies, uh, you know, I think there's prophets that, you know, are out there that you can watch that are national and global prophets. And all of their prophecies are about, you know, the, the things that are going on in America or the things that are going on in Israel or around the globe or whatever it is, right? Well, and I'm not saying that's like wrong or bad, but if that's the only thing, I mean, there's nothing, we, we can't do anything about that. And so I think there's this reality that we need to be listening to... The prophets in our community more than we're listening to the ones who are on the national or global scale. And you're not going to find those usually on YouTube. <laughs> you're not going to find those, right, you know, in, you know, in, in, in media, on Facebook. You're, you're going to have to have to listen locally. What's going on? What's going on in your church? Another caution for those who are hearing is that they tend to, we, we have a tendency maybe to hear with our physical ears only. And what I mean by this is that we interpret the prophecy through a physical, tangible lens and through the, instead of through a spiritual lens. When the word says that I'm going to make you into a strong tower, Does that mean literally that I'm gonna be a tower? Now we know that in scripture, right? This is reality, the spiritual reality, that he's gonna make us into a strong tower. We're gonna fly, soar like wings, like on eagles, right? Are we really gonna be eagles? Are we really gonna have wings? No. So we have to recognize this reality that when a prophecy is spoken over us, it's not that it doesn't have physical uh, realities or truths in it, but we need to be careful not to just look at it from a physical lens, but allow our spiritual senses to, to kick in and what is God saying to us spiritually as well. Sometimes there will be no manifestation physically, at least this side of heaven. And so if that's the reality, then how do we understand what he said, right? It doesn't mean that it didn't come true. It means that maybe it's, he was, you know, the, the, the word was for something going on spiritually. Finally, um, and I'll just briefly hit this, but, you know, I think the, the, the final thing that we can struggle with on the listening side is just simply unbelief. We reject that God's able to speak through somebody else in the form of prophecy, um, we just reject that he will act in this way and we'll just keep beating our donkey <clears throat> until it finally lays down and speaks. Um, and so just, yeah, just, I just I, I think we just need to be open to it. Like, I think, yeah, all right enough of that. So those are the cautions. I hope that's helpful. I hope that uh, maybe for some of you, maybe it convicted some of you of some things that you got to be careful with. Uh, I hope it's an encouragement to, uh, to all of you and to many of you. Uh, but the last thing I want to hit on is, the, you know, how do we, okay, so how do we practice this? What are some kind of the, you know, uh, the ground rules, if you will, like as a church? Uh, and, and I know that for some of us in this church, Trinity Alliance Church, right, it's 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 a stretch for some of us. This is new, right? And, and as, the, you know, and the reality is, is God has begun to bring people to our church that you know operate in some of these giftings a little bit more than we're used to as a church, right? And and so it's starting. I know it's starting to happen more on a Sunday morning, or or I know it happens a, a lot on at Sacred Space on Friday nights and Sunday nights, right? And and so uh, so how do we how do we deal with this for somebody who's never done it before, or maybe for those who have done it? Uh, let me lay out some you know kind of uh, in my mind are parameters on how. How we should do this. First of all, um, an encouragement to those who speak. Um, again, as I kind of alluded a little bit earlier, God is holy and his word is holy. And so we need to handle the word of God, both previously revealed and currently revealed in our hearts we need to handle that word with fear and trembling james 3 1 i think applies to the prophet as much as the preacher (laughs) not many of you should become teachers my brothers for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness and just let me speak that over any who prophesy in this church that you would understand that by proclaiming God's word, you are gonna be held to a higher standard. In essence, I'm calling us to be humble. I think we also, those who speak, need to understand the gift. The gift of prophecy, first of all, is it's not perfect. It is not perfect. You, I know it's shocking, could be wrong. You might have heard wrong. That may not be from God. That might be the chili you ate last night. (laughs) It's not perfect, and and I, I I've 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 been faced with this reality. Again, I, I feel like the Lord, over my life as a Christian, this is one of the gifts that he has given me oftentimes to speak into certain situations. And there came a point where I began to get arrogant with it. And I just kind of started thinking that, you know, oh, that's, that's definitely, I, I need to, you know, boom, boom, boom. And it just like, and then I was like, oh, whoa. Had some really bad failures. And I was like, God just like snapped me back like, whoa. This is a gift, but understand you're not perfect. Also understand that the gift is not yours. You don't own it. Again, this comes from this idea that I have a spiritual gift, and that gift then is mine for the rest of my life, and that I can always operate in that. That is not how the spiritual gifts work, again, in my perspective. It is not yours. If you have been given uh, on occasion the ability to prophesy over someone or over a situation, understand that that doesn't mean that you now forever are a prophet. You forever have the ability to prophesy over a situation. It will come and go depending on the occasion. And so this hopefully will free some of you who feel the pressure, well, I'm a prophet. I've got to speak into this situation. No, you don't have to. If you get nothing, don't force it. Or don't just try to conjure something up because you feel the pressure of, wait a second, I've done this before. I... No, no, no. You don't always have it. it may, God might use somebody else in the room instead of you. So it's not yours. So don't assume that every thought that you have is from God. Also understand that it's not their word either. Not every word that you receive maybe should be shared. I think that's one of the things that we need to do as those who are receiving prophecies is to ask that question. God, do you want me to speak this out? Or am I just supposed to pray this? Right? Is this actually something that you want shared with this individual or with this community? We need to speak with humility which means that we use words like "seems" instead of thus saith the Lord. I think too often we can get in that kind of mode where we're like, well, God's telling me right now, uh, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Because here's the reality. Every time that you attach God's name to what you're about to say, you put the person who's listening into a very awkward position. They are forced then at that moment to make a decision. And the decision is simply this, to accept that God just spoke to them and whatever word they give them, they, they, you, they receive uh, from you is, is definitely God and anything they've received before is not God now, even if it contradicts it, or to label you as a heretic <laughs> or, you know, a, a false prophet, right? Like, so, so we just need to back off and be careful with God's name. We don't need to add God's name in there all the time. We can say, you know what, I'm, this is what I'm hearing, or this is what I'm sensing, and let me share with you what I'm sensing. But we, we don't have to say, God's saying this. Or we, I mean, if we're going to use God's name, we can say, well, I'm sensing maybe God is saying this. And so we need to be humble with that. Give room for the person to reject the message without rejecting God. And we also need to let go of the responses and the outcomes that happen. So in other words, it's not our responsibility to make the person respond appropriately to whatever word you're you're sharing. That's between them and God. As as those who have been uh, given a prophecy to share with someone, a, a word to speak over someone, we share it and then we let go of it. For those who are receiving a, a word of prophecy, let me also say this God is holy. And he is able. And we need to show reverence for the holiness and the awesomeness of God and the fact that he would choose to speak to us personally through somebody else. And we shouldn't be flippant with what we receive, but we should handle the word of God with fear and trembling. There have been too many times when I have heard someone prophesy over me and I have dealt with it in a real flippant manner, and just threw it aside without really listening to it. We need to be humble and humbly receive whatever God has for us in that moment. Listening to the Holy Spirit and recognizing that this is every... Every time we ask someone to pray for us, we're asking them to do this very thing, to listen to the Holy Spirit and to pray what they hear over us. And so may may we be humble in receiving when someone steps in and begins to speak a word of life over us. May we receive it. May May we trust that they do hear from the Holy Spirit. And that what they, may, that they are sharing, no matter how flawed the package is, has the ability to communicate God's word to us. But we should also, when we receive these prophecies or these words, we should look for God to bring affirmation. Now for me, almost every time that I have received a word, that i know is from god it is actually an affirmation of previous words that he's already been telling me for a couple of weeks now but sometimes i have received a word and then it is affirmed later on my point is this is that we need to hold with an open hand words that are spoken over us and say okay lord affirm this is this really from you Help me to know, what, what am I supposed to do with this word? <laughs> what, what, what are you trying to, how are you trying to direct me? Sometimes it's very clear, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a word of encouragement. So what do I do with that word of encouragement? How do, I, how do I receive that word of encouragement? Is that word of encouragement, especially something new I've never heard before, Lord, affirm that this is true about me? It seems to me oftentimes the more places we hear, word, the more from God I think it is oftentimes. Not always, but oftentimes that's the way it is. All right. Good stuff. Worship team, um, why don't you come on up? So I'm glad to have this opportunity to take this morning and kind of work through this, this, I think, uh, controversial, a bit controversial topic but I hope that we as a church would continue to be open to it. Now, I know some of us, this is a hard thing, hard thing to step into, and we have not used to this. We've not done this before. Maybe we've had philosophical, you know, perspectives that are against it, and so I I understand that for some of you, this is going to be a stretch, but I I want to encourage you to not be afraid, but to step in and see what God does with it, Uh, that he would affirm that uh, if someone does speak a word over you, that he would affirm like, yeah, that was me by bringing in other messages and other ways that you've heard him before in the past, right? Or, or making that clear. Uh, but I'd also, again, I wanna encourage us as a church, if, if we're those who are speaking over others, that we, again, we would be humble with that and careful with that. We'd understand this reality that we are speaking God's word and as a result, we need to be very careful with how we communicate it. Uh, we wanna, we wanna uh, be encouraging one another and not tearing each other down. Again, I think a big part of what prophecy is for us today is, is again, discerning the times and what God is doing applying God's truth to, uh, uh, to what's happening in our times, edifying the church and inspiring our intercessory prayer. That are all, those are all things that I think we as a church should be a part of and be about as a church and be open to hearing, receiving, and sharing with others. May we be open to receive God's truths. May we be open to share God's truth. And may we be open to ex- accept God's truths that have been shared to us through each other. Amen? Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you do speak, and uh, we just ask that you continue to uh, speak to us, Lord, continue to encourage us, continue to open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us each day, Lord, that we would be able to understand and discern what you're doing in the spiritual realms around us, Lord, what you're doing within our own hearts and our own lives and within our church, Lord, we desire to continue to experience the manifestations of your spirit, not so that we can get glory, but Lord, so that your kingdom can be built, uh, that your kingdom can be strengthened, Lord, and that's our desire. And so, Lord, prophecy is one of those things that you can use to build and strengthen your kingdom. And we ask that you would have your way in our church in that, Lord, that we would uh, you would uh, uh, speak and you'd speak to our hearts and you'd give us the courage to be able to speak that over others as, as you lead us. And that uh, again, we would be humble with that and that you would be glorified as we uh, speak your truth and encourage one another edify this community uh, through your word. And we pray uh, these things in Jesus' name, but let me read this passage in closing as well. And from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 26 and following. What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, and, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up if any speak in a tongue let there be only two or at most three and each in turn and let someone interpret but if there's no one to interpret let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said if a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all be encouraged and the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets for God is is not a God of confusion, but of peace. In Jesus' name, amen.